the Southland, uh, Mr. Jake Grant, what would you do if you hit a game-winning shot uh, to preserve an undefeated season? Um, I would definitely pull the old uh, Jose Alvarado jump on the scorer's table. You know, like the, I feel like you have to – elevation is key there. Um, and I know you, you know, you, you, you hit the shot, you win the game. I don't know. I just feel like height getting vertical is the number one thing to do after that. Whether you're jumping on something or over something through something, really, really the jumping is key to the celebration. I think. How good, how good are your hamstrings? Can you, can you give me a demonstration because podcasting is visual medium? Well, uh, let's just say I played two sets of tennis last week, and I spent the next two days uh, griping about how much my knees hurt. So, uh, you know, I definitely can't put my money where my mouth is on that one. Are you, like, 22 or 40? I think uh, it's much closer to 40. Why not both? Uh, that's not how time works, but I will give that to you. All right, everyone, welcome again to Signs of the Southland. We're doing different intros this week because I really wanted to talk about Jalen Sugg's shot last night to help Gonzaga stay undefeated and beat UCLA at the death. Uh, I also need to mention that Jalen Suggs was an Athens football recruit, and they let him go, just like every other athlete. That's good that they let slip through their grasp. Mr. Grant, do you have any other thoughts before we move on to actual Georgia Tech-related things? See, I didn't know you were going to plug your tweet, but I was sitting here waiting for you to plug your tweet, um, and uh, I was not disappointed. I like to think I uh, can read you like a book at this point, so uh, congrats. This is good podcast host synergy. Uh, oh. So in that spirit, I will let you decide where to start our non-rev sports recap today. Dude, we have a short week this week. After, after March... And literally every sport being in action, I feel like, what do we have, five, six to talk about? That That's like, that's a breeze. But I, I feel like we like to lead off with track, and I see no reason to change that. All right, let's head to the track. You have listed here on our little spreadsheet that track has six players, athletes, athletes, uh, in the top 30 of the NCAA National Outdoor Rankings. So uh, give me a little color commentary on that. Yeah, that's all courtesy of RamblinRec.com. Um, I know I gripe about not having media guides from them a lot, and I will continue to do that. But credit where credit is due, um, especially the fact they've gotten a lot better giving access to information like this. Like this, I think hearing six in the top 30 – uh, is really good to kind of color our perspective on how good of a season some of these athletes are having, considering, you know, they only have a meet or two at home every year and, and we don't get to see them a lot in person. But um, putting them in that national context really is key. And with that, um, we all know that we have a really good women's uh, cross-country team. They've had uh, much-deserved success and, and acclaim in the past month for their very good showing uh, nationally. But um, two of our six uh, athletes on this list – uh, Nicole Fegan's Liz Galarza, um, or Gal- Galarza. Wow, I I always do that. I feel bad. Apologies. Pronunciation uh, is hard. As but, someone uh, with a foreign name, pronunciation is hard. That is that is fair. As a Jake Grant, I guess I can't really relate to that. But um, Jacques Grante. Yeah, we're gonna go with that from now. 
Yeah, and uh, at, at number two, uh, Fegan's uh, one of the best to do it in the country. Um, she's got a 15, 37, 16, and uh, Liz has a 16, 13, 17 in the outdoor 500 meter, and both of those times are really, really good. Um, so we may not have uh, a ton of depth in a lot of events, but in this one in particular, uh, especially when you consider Andrew Kent's top 10 time in the 5,000 on the men's side, uh, he's at a 13, 47, 77 um distance running man they're uh they're keeping the track boat afloat uh the rest is in the field events with the long jump high jump and pole vault uh kind of rounding out uh rounding out our top three we got bria matthews carla Duplacis. wow i do not know how to say that uh and olivia moore um so we got some seniors we got some youth uh it's a good mix uh six in the top 30 is uh you know it's not gonna win you a national championship but we have individuals who are very, very relevant in their respective fields, and that's a good thing to have. So, I mean, six of 30 is 20%, dog. So, you know, not doing terrible there. Six of 30? What? 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 I, I don't get where that's you one. You, that's you, one fifth. It's one fifth. It's oh. 20%. But, but it's just six, event, six athletes in the top 30 of their respective exactly. events. Uh, Never mind. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Math is hard. All right. Did not major in math. I was like, to move on. Events? That feels like a lot. <laughs> anyway, we're lot. going to move on because yeah. we have, you know, despite there not being that many sports, we have hidden agenda items to discuss later on down the pipe. Um, women's tennis. It's senior week. Uh, I caught, a, or both of us caught a little bit of their match versus Syracuse at home at Ken Byers Tennis Complex, uh, which included a very dramatic doubles point victory. Uh, But they ended up dropping the entire match 4-3 and only took two of the singles matches. What went wrong here? Um, Well, first off, I'm I'm not going to dive straight into this and say what went wrong, because I feel like that's a little bit unfair thing to do uh, on senior week. But... um, but no, before as we frame this, I think uh, it, it's important to like reflect on just how good of a team and just how hard of a schedule they've played. Uh, they're at twelve and eight, and still in the top twelve in the country. No team with that many losses even comes close to them. So that that's just a testament to the quality of players they have on their team, and uh, and the fact that they played a freaking meat grinder all year. Um, with that, I think you can say Tech was kind of dealt a pretty crummy hand. Right off the uh, the old at bat because um, Kenny Jones, COVID senior, uh, number three singles player in the country, part of the number one doubles team in the country, uh, was not playing. Uh, I don't think she would miss her uh, senior week without uh, some sort of injury, COVID type thing. Um, I'm not going to speculate, speculate but yeah, she was definitely but, out. Yeah, she was out. Um, yeah, we're not doing any more speculation. It's than not. That. It's not like um, we get an injury report for any of these things. We get. We have to guess. Right now, yeah. guessing is a little, uh, but problematic. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a. Well, I I, I spent most of that match a little bit hacked off because uh, the chair umpires kept yelling at me, uh, which was annoying. Um, there was I, I was banging my feet on the bleachers uh, after a couple points. And they said that that was a illegal blow horn, um, which no. Uh, and that's never happened. Please that change your Twitter name to that. 
please, please what? change your Twitter name to Illegal Blowhorn. <laughs> Honestly, I might. But, um, but no, I've been going to tennis matches, men's and women's at Tech, for, for five years and never had a single issue with that. So, ACC refs, um, if you want to ban me from Ken Byers, I, I come at me, but I didn't know that Tempting. was um, Tempting. Tempting. I, they're, uh, I, I'll, I'll go to my grave cheering for these uh, guys and gals uh, at tennis. So, you know, um, but, um, but yeah, no, it, in general, it was, well, this is weird. This is only one match that we have to talk about between the two of them, but the ladies fought and, and I'll, I'll commend them on that. Uh, Carol Lee looked particularly good. I think she won in, in straight sets. Um, Ava Rostar went uh, down 6-0 in the first set. Came back almost, uh, came really close to going 6-0 in the second, uh, but then dropped the third. And it came down to uh, senior Vicky Flores on court one. Um, cramping pretty bad. Um, was uh, was a tough match. So always tough to lose one like that. Um, I, I know for myself personally, between uh, the seniors leaving for volleyball and um, this class, that was the, the first two sports that were active and, able to watch when I started yellow jacket roundup, um, four years ago. So it's a little bit, uh, bittersweet to see the likes of, you know, the, uh, Kenya and Vicky and, um, uh, Grace Rigsby at Dominique Washington, just, uh, in terms of them leaving, uh, congrats on four years. Like y'all did great work. Um, and then again, with some of the cross country athletes, we have two that are around that age as well. So, a um, little bit bittersweet, but uh, we got the ACC championship in store. Um, obviously, this team is really highly rated. Uh, I envision them getting an NCAA berth. And even then, um, they have the team championship. Kenya and Vicky hopefully will be good to go for um, doubles and singles uh, because the two of them are, you know, some of the best at their craft in the whole country. So that's the interesting thing about tennis. You don't have one tournament to watch, one national draw to watch. You have three. So. You say interesting, and I hear terrifying. That's a (laughs) lot of stress. That is a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, I think we'll actually get a couple entries in both of those tournaments, too, uh, based on the latest rankings. You know, because I think it's either 64 or 128, and um, we definitely have some top 25 uh, uh, doubles and singles outside of uh, Kenya and Vicky. So, you know, the more the merrier, right? Yeah, I'm not going to complain about more births. Far be it for me to complain about good things. Speaking of, I think if we're going to be speculating on NCAA tournament tournament stuff, we have some news on that later. But um, speaking of the men, um, they were out last week, and they're like spitting distance from the top 25 right now. I think they might be in action in uh, the postseason too. Hmm, Interesting. I I mean, I think we talked last week about – the NC State win being a season-defining win, right? That being the the clincher for an NCAA tournament berth if it comes down to it. And it just really – I know that you, you said, like, they're receiving – right now they're receiving votes in the poll. Um, they are playing some pretty good tennis. I, it's just – I think one of the things for me is they just need to be a little bit more consistent week after week. They need to build on that NC State win – coming down the stretch here. And I don't know, I haven't looked at the schedule. The schedule's not in front of me, so I don't know what they have left before ACC's, but it sets up to be a very promising 
like close of the season for that program, I think. Yeah, um, they haven't made the uh, NCAA tournament since going three straight years in 2015, 16, and 17. But um, at, at 29, they're you know they're knocking on the door. They're in the neighborhood. If you assume 64 teams, 32 auto bids, you'd think they're going to be safe somewhere in there. But uh, we just kind of have to wait to see on that. Hopefully, they can uh, ride out the uh, ride out the rest of the season, notch some more wins. Um, but uh, but yeah, no Georgia Tech uh, women, Georgia Tech men. It's a uh, we we give a lot of time to you know obviously basketball. Both teams have had had great runs. Uh, baseball, volleyball, women's cross country, men's and women's swimming record record finishes. Um, but uh, don't count out men and women's tennis because uh, they still have a lot of uh, words left to write, if you will. Uh, it sounds like you have a couple words left to write too, the way that you just slammed your keyboard. But that was actually me uh, dropping a pen that I was clicking. So you know, good times. we all have our vices while recording podcasts. It's fine. I'll try not yeah. to be offended. Um, notes. Yeah, I was going to say notes on tennis before we roll on. Um, the uh, men and women outside of uh, Vicky Flores and Kenny Jones are young teams. Uh, so we should be seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of the rest of them in the future. So hopefully this is a, a program establishing run in, in, as the postseason starts to pick up here, uh, with the two programs. So. Yeah. Solid. All right. Uh, I think we have a couple things to knock out here before we move on to more meat in the schedule today. Uh, golf was on a bye. You said they're at the Calusa Cup starting today, starting yesterday, question mark? Uh, today. Um, I'm going to refresh my page to see if I can uh, get some results here. But uh, they are one of the three teams in the clubhouse right now, and they're through, uh, through 18 holes for all their players with a score of 294. Um, they are in a three-way tie for third. Uh, with plus six um, behind Florida and Florida State. Uh, Florida State is the number one team in the country. Florida's 15th. Uh, they are tied with Oklahoma and Texas, um, who are both top 10 teams. Wake Forest currently sits in last. Uh, they are a top uh, top 10 team as well. Uh, interestingly, Georgia Tech and Wake Forest are tied for the most uh, ACC championships of all time. So if Wake Forest would like to play like this in the ACC championship as well, uh, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we would both appreciate it very much. Uh, the other note before we move on, uh, softball got COVID rescheduled out of games again. Uh, they could not find another opponent, unlike last time, so they were off. Uh, I don't exactly have the softball schedule ahead of me for next week, but two weeks off in the middle of the season, and you know, while the team is, is scuffling, hopefully it helps them get back on track. Yeah, um, and they're actually uh, slightly trending up, at least in RPI. I mean, 114 to 112 isn't uh, isn't crazy, but um, they've stabilized and have picked up some wins in recent weeks. I believe next week they are playing Louisville at home. Uh, so that'll be a fun one in my house, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I can only imagine... Um, so let's talk about more important or I guess actual things. Uh, volleyball 
lost to Notre Dame. They got swept, but they did beat Duke this weekend. That is the end of their spring season. And then they found out earlier today, uh, when recording this at around 6 p.m. on uh, Sunday, that they will advance their first NCAA tournament since 2009. They'll play Lipscomb University uh, on 14th at 7 p.m. on ESPN3 for the chance to play number three overall seed Minnesota in the second round. So what are your opening thoughts about the way that volleyball ended the season, this tournament draw? Give give me some color commentary here. Yeah, um, so I would actually like to point out that Georgia Tech is not actually uh, unfamiliar with Lipscomb. they are a team that uh, is, I believe, I can't remember what conference they're out of, um, but they're a team that we see somewhat often in like those preseasony, um, you know, high regency invitationals where three random teams uh, come to uh, Georgia Tech uh, and you know play at O'Keefe, kind of dealio. Um, Tech in 2019, uh, the the year that they won the W. Uh, an IVC, sorry, um, actually beat Lipscomb three to one. Uh, Lipscomb is a, 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 ra- a rather, bleh, were rather abysmal in 2019. Uh, but uh, Tech's 700th NCAA Division One win uh, came over them in front of, uh, I believe it was Mariana Brambia's first or second game back because uh, she started the. Uh, the season on the bench uh, with an injury last year. So, um, you know, 3-1, pretty pretty solid win back then. Obviously, they've come along. I have to assume that they're a uh, they're in the tournament because they won the Atlantic Sun um, and not off being an Probably. at-large. Um, it, it's a team that we've uh, played before. We're uh, For all the random teams that we could have gotten seeded against, one that we've played relatively recently is uh, – kind of interesting so i am currently googling the uh a sun volleyball standings and they finished first in their division but i think huh i'm not sure that they actually finished first in the conference they might have played the uh, other division winner uh because weirdly the acc championship is uh dead uh, outside, you know the the regular season. I really also. hate that this, the ACC is a one auto bid league in I, in volleyball. I mean, it doesn't really make a lot of sense not to have the t- like. Wouldn't you want your best teams to play more games against each other? Wouldn't you want to have a a weekend where all the emphasis is on great tournament volleyball? But I I don't know. I don't make the decisions. The coaches voted to get rid of it, so couldn't tell you that. But um, Georgia Tech kind of played themselves out of the, the driver's seat for the conference title, which is a bit That's of a That's the thing that I keep coming back to, right? And I, I am – sorry for interrupting you, but I am a little Lord. upset or a little frustrated about this. It's that we, We've been talking probably a good portion of the spring about how this team, like you said, has been in the driver's seat for the ACC, and they just kind of let it slip through their fingers. They didn't play well versus a a down-ish pit team. Like, that pit team is usually very, very good, and they're not as good this year. They got swept by Pitt, they got swept by Notre Dame, and they got swept by Louisville. Three teams that I'm pretty sure are all above them in the standings. I don't have the standings in front of me. 
Louisville ended up getting the auto bid and slotted 11th in the nation or, or in the, in the tournament as, as an overall 11th overall seed. That could have been Georgia Tech. And the, the, it's just frustrating to me that it, like, I really do like this volleyball team. I, I'm looking forward to their first tournament game in literally 12 years, but it's, it could have been better, right? We see the potential, like the Delta in potential, right? It, it yeah. could have been better, and they got swept in those three most meaningful games. Yeah, they, they definitely did. And it's, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know, it, it, it's not something you want to compare apples to apples 2019 to 2020 because obviously it's a very different uh, environment. The, the games you're playing, like, we got Louisville and Pitt on the road, and both of those are tough draws, but we did get Notre Dame at home, and we still lost. Um, I mean, granted, I just lost, swept. It's like, all, they're all sweeps. Yeah, and, and those are three best teams by far that we played. So it, it, the, the ball was in our court. Haha, <laughs> funny, whatever. Um, well, to, it sure landed there a couple more times than it should have. Too wow, that's that's a bit savage, my guy. Um, well, but, okay, um, I'm looking for wit. I'm not trying to be mean. I saw the opportunity for a joke, but I, I know, I know. But like, and, and you can gripe that, like, wow, we got two road game, true road games instead of um, like you know the neutral site where you know we play UVA at Pitt kind of deal. Odds. Like, but at the same time, we still didn't really capitalize in our own building either and it's it's tough to go from in the driver's seat and presumptive if they hadn't played this spring schedule conference champions whatever but you know it's it's kind of you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do right and i I don't know um lipscomb even in a down year last year uh in 2019 went 16 and 13 this year i believe they're 17 and 2 so it's not like they're they're going to be pushovers either. But Georgia Tech, I mean, if, if they're saving up uh, their best win of the season, a real good time to do it would be in that second-round matchup against Minnesota. Ooh, yes. But, again, first got to get through Lipscomb, and I did check that they did win the ASUN Conference Championship. Uh, I think that it was both the regular season uh, and the tournament championship. I don't exactly know which gives them the auto bid. So that is up in the air, but it doesn't matter. They won. Also, they have very strange uh, uh, gray alternates that just say lippy on the front in, uh, in cursive. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I do. Oh, not. oh I, I will not. send you a picture. Hold on. I'm going to send you a picture of this. It is, it's, it's not my favorite uniform in the world, I will say. It is I'm certainly. A, it is certainly a uniform one can wear. All right, I'm opening it up. Yeah, that is. is uh, <laughs> they did choose to wear that. So. They, it was a choice that they took. Uh, certainly a choice. Not to roast uh, Lipscomb volleyball too hard. It will be uh, interesting to see them in action on what the 14th. I think that's Thursday, the 14th. Yeah, I want to pull up. I if I can find it later, I'll pull up the overall seed list because uh, that allegedly should have been released um, and see how and all this... the games are. In, all the games are in Omaha, correct? 
Yes, my understanding is that this is a like a, this is a bubbled tournament. Um, is so it? there is that. Omaha quietly a very good sports city. Uh, I'm telling you, or we were talking about it a couple weeks ago. Uh, College World Series plus Olympic swim trials, heck of a trip, heck of a trip. That's been on my list for so long, <laughs> so long. Maybe 2024. Maybe, maybe. All right, let's move on to the to a team that is technically eligible for the College World Series in Omaha, Georgia Tech at baseball, who uh, had a rough weekend versus uh, 2016 title winners, Virginia, uh, and went one and two. They now rank 70th in uh, D1 Baseball's RPI metric. Uh, I think they are currently number six by a lot of different, or, or right around number six in a couple of different polls. It's the same old story, isn't it? I think uh, maybe by 2024, we'll have a uh, working bullpen. So that might get us to the College World Series. But in terms of spread between polls, you got uh, D1 Baseball at the top, ranking us at number six. Uh, then you got the rest of the polls um, at uh, like 8, 9, 10, and 12. Uh, that's D1 Baseball, uh, the National College Baseball Writers, Baseball America, and Perfect Game. Uh, actually, Perfect Game has us at 8, my bad. Um, and uh, the RPI is really lagging that. I, I think the NCAA RPI had us at like 34, so not as bad as 70. But um, I don't know, man. It, it's It's pretty frustrating to kind of – I mean, obviously, some of these are, are structural issues that you can't really, you know, patch over and solve. So the, the question is, what's going to be able to be worked on and what's going to be like, all right, we got to score 14 runs if we want to win. You know, I, I think that's the big uh, the big dilemma right there. Look, as much as I want, as much as I love three true outcomes baseball and watching Georgia Tech hit dingers and win games. That does not seem particularly sustainable long term. No, I would say it's not. Yeah, you gotta you gotta find some bullpen pitching, and it, it it's a recurring theme, and it it just keeps happening. It it it's just a. We talked during football season, actually a couple football season ago now, how the defense defense was was bend don't break kind of have the same vibes about the pitching performances of uh of this team. And it's not just the it's not just the pitching, right? We've seen some very like a couple weeks now with some very uncharacteristic errors in the infield. Uh it's some of the performances just are not as clean as they should be. Yeah, um four errors by uh Mr. Justin Henry Malloy alone is uh not great. We noted um Luke Waddell had some issues earlier, uh, two drop flies against Pittsburgh. It, it's bad when you can cherry pick similar problems off the top of your head. And quite frankly, I can't re- really remember ha- having problems like that before. I I mean, maybe this is me taking for granted the the old Will Height, Wade Bailey combo um, 2017-18 years. Uh, but it seemed like whenever there was a runner on first, there's a ground ball to the infield it was an automatic double play and we just don't live in that reality anymore frankly i don't know what it is i i don't know if it's the covid practice regulations i don't know if it's still some rust i it's just that there's 
it's not as tight. It's not as um, cohesive as it usually is. And that is a problem that we brought up a couple weeks. I, I mean, we bring it up almost every week now when we're talking about this team. And the fact that we keep bringing it up means that it is not fixed at all. So nope. something needs to change. Something needs to change. I don't know what it is. Something needs to change. If they if they want to, it's not even a if they want to host a regional kind of deal. It's if they want to make the tournament kind of deal in my mind. Because well, I, I still see projections with us in the top sixteen, top eight, even um, which are reasonable. This is a top ten in talent team, um, right? <laughs> but. Talent, as we see 90 miles to the east, talent does not win you sports events. Yep. Um, I mean, we, we just got to – I don't know. There, that, that's the thing, too. Like, we don't have a lot of help in, in the rotation and the uh, in the bullpen. There's not like – it's not like it's AAA underneath us where we can just call up pitchers uh, like, like an MLB team can, right? Like, we are – this is the hand we are dealt. And we're going to have to either get somebody into rhythm. Hopefully, I think we pick up again some midweeks or some uh, some extra action. I, I I don't know. Is it honestly? I don't know if we would struggle more or less if we had mid midweek games too, because I feel like those would be even more of a coin flip uh, than kind of our weekend uh, pitching situation has been. And looking back at the old schedule, which I did uh, recently to put together some uh, some stat stuff that I've been working on, there were a lot of weeks, a lot more weeks than I remember, where we would play Tuesday and Wednesday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, is that preventing us from getting in the groove, you think? Or is that like, thank goodness we don't have to do that? That's one of the things I think. I think having to be... There is like a mental thing, right? Where you have to be on and performing multiple times a week. I think there is a mental aspect to that. At the yeah. same time, this is a player safety issue, right? A, a COVID regulation sort of deal with not having as many midweeks. So it, it, it might be rust. It might be comfort level. It might be sort of a, a mindset deal i i just don't know i think it's a valid theory potentially i just don't know what it, what it could be well i'll tell you this the entire month of april we have usc upstate this week auburn next week georgia state the week after that and uh the school in athens um four four tuesday games in a row so we're about to find out right here if it's uh not being in rhythm or if it's you know, just not having the stuff. So I guess, uh, you know, now's as good of a time to find out as ever. We've got, uh, I think it's 16 games in the month. So this will this is the meat of the schedule coming up here. Rubber, road, etc. Yep, you're right. Okay, that I think is all we have for this week. Do you have any final items that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, um, I'm going to plug the Todd Stansbury podcast. If y'all don't listen to that, um, you're going to get more insider information between him and uh, Coach, uh, and uh, Andy Demetriev than any of us. But um, 
that's a great thing they put together every month or two or three or I don't know however often it's very have. inconsistent, but it's usually full of information. I will well, say. Well, because Coach Passner dropped in the little gem about how he actually coached the women's team before uh, or in between coaches, which we talked about last week. But Todd uh, or Mr. Sansbury expanded on that this week, talking about when they uh, hired Coach Fortner, she let uh, Josh Passner, Coach Passner, just uh, coach the team for the first couple practices just so she could get a feel for that. And I think that uh, is just another notch on my – uh, the drum I'm going to beat a lot uh, over the summer is that women's basketball and men's basketball teams at a lot of schools, and even this school before before the current staffing situation was a thing, did not and do not get along like Coach Passner's team and Coach Fortner's team. Uh, and I think that says a lot about the uh, the culture of the two programs and, and what the two coaches are trying to build. So uh, it was really awesome to hear that, and uh, I thought it was just a nice follow-up to uh, – the tidbit that we got thrown last week. So, yeah, I, I mean, you are very keen on this idea that the men's and women's basketball teams at Georgia Tech this year have represented the best in college athletics. Yep. Um, I am. I'm very much. <laughs> you're very, very keen on this. I mean, I'm not saying this in a in a condescending way, although it definitely sounds like it. But um, it is. It's definitely a narrative that you can put together. Right, it, especially the way that that Passner has motivated his program, the way that Nell Fortner lives her life, more or less. Um, it's it's been very fun. It, it's been a very it, positive experience. The players and the assistant coaches too, for sure. Um, just look at the voting thing, or, or how the uh, the women's and the men's team have uh, represented valiant causes in the past year, and and I don't know. I guess. This is just a, one more tidbit away from the the, the change and, the, and the, the great causes and all that, which is amazing. And, and whether it's uh, women's athletic rights or, uh, you know, the, the important social change that we're seeing. Um, I think the thing that, like, kind of floors me the most is I kind of should have guessed that Passner had his hands on this team when you see how year over year, like tech, tech women's basketball has always had like a scrappy defensive, uh, defensive mindset in general under, under coach Josephs and, and under coach Fortner, but like watching them dive for balls on the ground, like that is a, a Josh Passner trademark, you know, the, I want to get every last possible chance to get every ball that we possibly can. Right. That's what, that's what makes Jose Alvarado a great Josh Passner player. That's what makes like Akira Fletcher or a Moses Wright or a Lorella Kubai really fit that brand of basketball. And I think it's really cool that we can kind of see the two sides of the same coin uh, between the two programs and how they, uh, you know, they, they may not score like millions and millions of points, but they will, they play their hearts out there. And I think that really reflects the, the program, the staffs, the head coaches, um, and the really interesting uh, dynamic that ties the two together. So. Yep. 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 I end a lot That's of all I got. <laughs> That's all I've got too. So uh, the only thing that I do know is that the Masters are this weekend. So enjoy. Happy Masters season, everyone. Well, uh, I don't know. On the flip side of that, got plenty of golf to talk about next week. So plenty of golf in multiple ways. All right, we will see you next week. Uh,